I know everybody says money can't buy happiness, but it can buy me a boat. It can buy me a truck to pull it. It can buy me a Yeti 110 ice down with some silver bullets. Ah. Oh. Didn't I call it? I said that distributors would be selling these games for over MSRP. Now, the majority of them are not. But over the weekend, a distributor out there sold The Mandalorian LE, sight unseen, for $13,000. And within four hours, they sold their entire allotment at that price. I want to focus on just that in general. Let's think about this. Without even seeing the game, they found buyers who already tacked on pretty much four thousand dollars over the price of the game without even seeing it when i saw that and i saw the behavior part of me was like i predicted this and i know this is going to happen more and more in pinball and you're just going to have to put up with it but let's talk about that sale and what is going on inside the minds of the men who bought those games so thirteen thousand dollars sight unseen that's more expensive than a guns and roses collector's edition let's think about that for a minute do I think in a million years that this game will be more impressive than Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition? Absolutely not. Do I think there will be anywhere near as much in this game as a Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition? Absolutely not. But the fact that these games moved in just a few hours, and if he had twice as many games, he would have sold twice as many. I guarantee that. That would have happened. But how can you buy a game? And I mean this. How can you buy a game? without ever even seeing it. Because the main question I thought of when I saw that transaction was this. What if The Mandalorian sucks? And I mean this. What if this game isn't this incredible comeback Brian Eddy game built around the Star Wars theme everybody loves? What if this isn't the best Star Wars game of all time? What if this game just isn't special? How do you roll the dice and say you're so confident that it's going to be that good? And not just that good, $4,000 over. That's a 50% price increase on what Stern considers this game to be worth. How do you think this game is going to be worth $13,000 the day after it's revealed or the day it's revealed? What if it's a turd sandwich? What if the rules are horrible? What if the code is all butchered like the last Star Wars game we got? What if it's just no fun, right? What if it's just no fun to shoot? What if it has a, a severe mechanical issue and they didn't really take the time to sort of iron out all the kinks in the game, right? There's so many what if, what if, what if. And here's the part that really just people forget. And I'm super excited for The Mandalorian. As a theme, it's a home run theme. I'm always very happy that Stern gives us the kinds of themes that people want. Stern knows what they're doing. They're not stupid. But here's the part everyone is forgetting. As excited as I am, to see The Mandalorian, as excited as I am for tomorrow's reveal of this game, I always have to pinch myself and remind myself, Chris, curb your enthusiasm a lot. And the reason why you need to curb your enthusiasm a lot is it's still going to be just a stern. Okay? Let me repeat that. It's going to be just a stern. They didn't give Brian Eddy twice as much money to make The Mandalorian. Stern's bomb is very low. Stern doesn't care about putting everything they possibly can into these games to bring the world to life the way Eric Minier and Jersey Jack Pinball invest in their machines. 
So we are not going to see a game tomorrow that will have anywhere near the wow factor of what we saw when we saw Guns N' Roses. We're not going to see it. We're not going to see and be blown away by any Stern machine the way those Jersey Jack games land on planet Earth. So I think people need to remember that now we're saying a Stern, sight unseen, is more valuable and can get the same kind of money as a Guns N' Roses collector's edition. There's some insanity there. There really is. The other part that's just crazy too, if you're going to spend $13,000 sight unseen on a Mandalorian, is the fact that there are 750 of these out in the wild. This game is not very rare. There are 550 more Mandalorian LEs than there are Pirates of the Caribbean CEs. There are 250 more Mandalorian LEs than Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition. 750 that are going to be available for sale come this time tomorrow, or maybe a little bit later this time tomorrow. Now, here's also what's going to happen. This is why I would never, I would never buy this thing sight unseen. Because why would you spend $4,000 over before you see it, before you see it's any good? And also, why would you spend it over? Because you're pretty much saying, I don't think I'm going to be able to find one at a better price than that. And I do think that's too high to buy it sight unseen with 750 making their way into the wild. Because here's the other part. When 750 machines go up for sale tomorrow, there are going to be, and and trust me, this will happen. There are going to be at least 10% of people who are on the list for a game who got excited by this. But the one thing that these gentlemen haven't done is looked at their checking accounts. And when it comes time to pay up and actually give $9,200 to a distributor for the game, they're going to realize they can't afford it and they're going to back out. Because here's the part, is I think a lot of people who get on the list, and even if you want to speculate, they really are looking at it like, well, I'm getting a game on sale because if it's worth more than 9200 I might as well grab one because I'm not losing money. But then this weird poll happens to people who love pinball. You actually want to get the game. You should want the game. You should not be looking at this like a financial transaction. You should want to buy The Mandalorian because you want to put it in your home and you want to play it and you want to enjoy it. And so these men become conflicted because they don't want to give it up because if they give it up at 9200 bucks, which is what they paid for it, they're not going to get the game. And here's the other part. If they sell it for more than 9200 yes, they might make a few thousand dollars, but then they won't have the game. They won't have the experience. And they'll be kicking themselves inside that, hey, I never should have gave it up because if I want to go get one now, I'm going to have to go pay more than the price I had it at originally because I could have had it for 9200 See, the whole thing creates a little bit of a quagmire for about, I would say, between 5 and 10% of buyers will drop out, and those games will become available. Now, the hard part's going to be this, and I've been speaking to distributors all across the country and the world because I'm the number one pinball podcast, is this. The list to get one is way longer than the amount of games Stern is going to make. So if someone drops off their list and gives their game back to the distributor, that game is going to be spoken for in a matter of seconds. And I will say, I'm just going to tell you guys honestly, if you're in on one, and even if you can't afford it, I'm telling you this, and people are going to hate me for saying this, you basically have a decision to make. Do you want to make yourself more money, or do you want to give it back to the community? And this is a test of whether you want to be selfish and pocket a few thousand dollars or you want to be selfless 
and give it back to the community so some other wealthy man can enjoy the game. You know, when it comes to items like pinball, this is a luxury market now. When it comes to luxury, non-essential items and the marketplace that surrounds them, you have to throw out the window all of this like ethical debate because it's a stupid pinball machine, people. It's the same way Rolex people deal with this stuff, car collectors deal with this stuff. You can't apply the ethics of life to this kind of transaction. All of us, all of us look unethical to the rest of the world that's starving and poor and without running water and electricity and food and savings. We all look like we're unethical people because we're selfishly buying non-essential toys like a pinball machine. Do you know how many people you could help with $9,200? You could help a lot of people. A lot of people could use that stimulus in their lives. Are you going to be writing a check to those less fortunate to you tomorrow for $9,200? Are you going to help a few people out? Or are you going to help yourself out and buy something that will give just you enjoyment? And so, look, I don't begrudge anybody for taking care of themselves and, and you work hard for your money and you get to do what you want with your money. But I'm just saying this whole entire category I get so annoyed when people get on their moral high horse and their pedestal and start pointing fingers and saying how horrible it is that people are speculating on pinball machines and flipping pinball machines for a profit. I love when people like point at distributors who are selling for over sticker and they say the dumbest thing ever. They go, pinball's hot right now, but wait till it cools down. No one's going to come back to those distributors. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Like, let's take the distributor who's selling for over sticker right now. That distributor just sold his allotment for $4,000 more than Stern thinks the game is worth. Let's say that distributor that sold their allotment for $4,000 over got 10 LEs. And let's say Zach Manny got 10 LEs, okay? Let's just say that hypothetically, okay? So this guy sells it for $4,000 over. So let's say he makes $3,000 more than Zach will on every LE that he sells. So this guy's going to make $30,000 more in like four hours of work than Zach Manny will. Okay, that's a lot of money. Well, people will say it's easy to do that now because it's hot. But when the market turns soft, Zach will have more customers than this guy. And I hear, I'm here to tell you, I don't buy that argument because I think what will happen if this guy who sold for over sticker, if he gets a game that's not hot, guess what? He's just going to price it at MSRP and people will buy it because that's the way it works in pinball. But here's the real thing that's gonna happen. It's not gonna be about distributors battling it out. The ultimate end game of all of this is Stern will continue to increase the price of these games. They will. If Stern were to charge $10,200 for Mandalorian Ellie's, guess what would happen? They would still all sell out. If Stern charged $11,200 for these Ellie's, guess what would happen? They still would all sell out. Stern doesn't have to put more money into the games. They don't have to raise the bomb. They know they have way more demand than they have supply. And on a global level, the demand is through the roof. I mean, dudes in Australia are only getting a handful. Dudes in Australia have money. I heard only 15 Guns N' Roses collector's editions went to Australia. 15 for an entire country of pinball fanatics. No, the entire country is not pinball fanatics, but Jersey Jack easily could have sold 50 in that country if they wanted to. So this is gonna create rising prices and Stern will bake in the flipper price and the speculator's price more and more into the games. Now the good news for Mandalorian is they are not increasing the price right now. But I do predict that in the future we are gonna see Stern increase the price of every single game and the next thing that's gonna come from Stern Pinball and they're doing this very wisely 
is they eventually are going to turn on their internet connectivity to all of their games on Spike 2 and charge you a monthly fee to connect to the network. That's coming next. See, they're super smart. Stern realizes they're just at the tip of the iceberg of potential revenue. And I saw people asking too, you know, does Stern care about us? Is Stern doing it for us? If Stern really, really, really cared about you as a customer and didn't want you to get ripped off, you have to look no further than how they're handling toppers, okay? They are watching people spend $2,500 on Black Knight toppers, right? $2,500 on a Black Knight topper. If Stern wanted to take care of you as a Black Knight or a Stern customer, why won't they just make more of their own accessories so you are not getting ripped off by the community? They see you getting ripped off, and they're doing nothing to prevent it. They could easily order more Black Knight toppers and sell them to the world. Now you need to ask yourself, why isn't Stern doing that? They actually love seeing this. They would rather see their toppers sell for $2,500. They would rather see the super rich get what they want and everyone else get burned because they would rather sell out of their next topper and their next topper. This is what they're doing. It's all part of their strategy. Continue to squeeze the supply, okay? I know it sounds crazy. Like You're like, Chris, they're not squeezing the supply. They up the supply of Mandalorian LEs. You gotta look at it based on the context of the popularity of the theme. 750 Mandalorians on a property like Star Wars that has two billion fans, think about it. They're only making 750. They made 500 Black Knight LEs. Star Wars is a billion times more popular than Black Knight. And if you think about it in that context, like how much more popular is Star Wars than the Munsters? You see what I'm saying? Like they know the demand for Mandalorian LEs is in the thousands, not just in the hundreds, in the thousands. So by only making 750, I know I'm using the word only now, it still is gonna be very, very limited in the context of how many people want it. And they want it this way. Now I'm curious to see what they do with the Mandalorian topper. Like what are they gonna do with this one now? I've got a guy, I, I mean this. He hit me up and he said, Chris, I couldn't find a Mandalorian LE pinball machine, but I bought three Mandalorian toppers, three. And I plan to flip them all for a profit. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, they didn't even announce a topper. Like who even sold you that? Who's the distributor that did this for you? And, and it's weird. It's weird how now this has become a new thing in pinball. Do I like this part of it? No. Do I think this is fun? No. Is this really where we're at? People selling Elvira toppers for $1,800? I don't wanna see that. I don't wanna see a Black Knight topper go for 2,500 bucks. I didn't wanna buy Lior's like pirate thing and sell it for $2,000. I bought a little 3D molded sculpt with some lights for 350 bucks. I got to turn around in six months and sell it for $2,000? Why? Why are we valuing all this stuff that does nothing to make the game more fun? That's the scary part about where this hobby is going, is the things that don't even make the game more fun, the things that are not even changing the gameplay, the things that are not adding more wow moments to the machines are being worth so much money now. And if I could wish for anything, I don't mind if prices go up as long as more goes into the games. Where we should start to get really concerned as a community and as a hobby, if, if these prices continue to go up but stuff is being taken out of the games. It is really scary to me that a stern pinball machine is getting near the price 
of a Jersey Jack Pinball Collector's Edition. And when you put a Stern next to a Jersey Jack machine, it's comical. Let's not, let's, let's forget about gameplay. Let's forget about flow. Let's forget about all that stuff. Let's just look at what's in the game. When you put a Jersey Jack game next to a Stern machine, it is absolutely comical that those two things could even be close in price. It just is. It's absolutely comical that they could even be close in price. But if you just spent $13,000 on a Mandalorian and you put it next to a Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition, I mean, let's not even compare the two. Now, I will say this. That's why Guns N' Roses Collector's Editions are now selling for eighteen dollars to $20,000 because the market has said you underpriced this game. So let me ask all of you who listen to Canada's Pinball Podcast a question. What would you do? And I mean this. What would you do if you were working in the marketing department at Stern and Jersey Jack Pinball and you were witnessing this? How do you witness this behavior? How do you witness what consumers are willing to spend on your product? And if your holiday bonus and if your salary is tied to revenue and tied to profit, how do you witness this behavior and not walk into the boardroom tomorrow and say, we are leaving millions of dollars on the table? Why don't we continue to explore where the ceiling is? We clearly have not hit it yet. How do you not walk in and say that? If you're over at Jersey Jack, how do you not walk in there and say, if we price the 500 Toy Story CEs at $15,000, we will sell every single one. And how do you, at that same boardroom table, not say, wait a minute, why don't we just start at 16.5 and see if that's the ceiling? You see what I mean? Because I will tell you what's gonna happen right away. After Guns N' Roses' launch, we are gonna see Toy Story CE sell out day one. Absolutely. And we're gonna see them go up in value. Because I do think that every Jersey Jack Collector's Edition will continue to rise in value until one thing happens or two things happen. They make too many of them or they raise the price too much. But we're nowhere near, we're nowhere near the market value. They are so far below the market value on their games. I mean, think about that. They are $8,000 below their own market value. Now, you could argue and say, Canada, you're an idiot. Canada, you're a fool. That's only four or five games that are being listed for $20,000. If there were 500 listed at $20,000, they would not sell at that price. Now, I don't know, right? I don't know. I don't know and you don't know, all right? This is all speculation, people. This is why this show's fun because we speculate about this stuff. You don't know. I'm not right and I'm not wrong. You're not right and you're not wrong. We don't know until someone tries it. Now, what I've seen in the past is that Stern can sell a game for $15,000 with a piece of couch. That Stern can sell games for $15,000 by making people make videos begging for it. Begging for it. Rich men had to beg for it and they embarrassed themselves to get a pinball machine for $15,000. So who knows? None of us know where the ceiling is at, but that is coming as well. Let me circle back to the question of the day. What if the Mandalorian sucks? And do I think the Mandalorian could, could not live up to this incredible hype it's currently experiencing. And I will say it's Monday, and I'm gonna tell you right now, today is the day in which the Mandalorian will be the greatest pinball machine to you. There is no way this game will blow you away or exceed your expectations because our expectations are always way higher than what Stern will put into a game. We just know that. 
I don't think The Mandalorian is going to suck. The things that make me nervous about The Mandalorian, the thing I'm the most nervous about is obviously the code. I'm fully confident in Brian Eddy's ability to make a game that shoots well. He does. The layout of Stranger Things, I don't have a problem with that layout. I think the game flips completely fine. I think the game is going to have great layout. I'm a little nervous that the artwork might be a little lunchbox looking or too colorful for The Mandalorian, but we'll see. Hopefully Randy crushed it. The code is the main thing. The code is the main thing that makes or breaks these kinds of games lately. The code is really the glue in all of these modern pinball machines. A coder. He is the conductor of the orchestra. And hopefully because Brian Eddy is working with the coder, it's probably going to be Lonnie. I hope what they said when they made this game, I hope they coded it this way. I hope they said the player is the Mandalorian. That's what we want to see. You want to play as the Mandalorian. I don't want to select from four different characters in the show. I don't want to do it. I don't want to pick between Boba Fett and the Mandalorian and Grogu and whatever and one of the Jedis. I don't want to do that. I want to play as the Mandalorian. I want the objective of each mode to be about each episode's adventures that the Mandalorian goes on. And I think that's the best way to do it. If they announce that you are not the Mandalorian in this game, mark my words, if you don't play as Mando as the protagonist in this pinball experience, I think it's going to start to go off the rails very quickly. That's what ruined Star Wars. That was the dumbest decision by Dwight and Steve Ritchie. How do you not play as Luke Skywalker? How is the goal of that machine not to go through the trilogy and defeat the Empire and the Emperor? Why am I selecting R2-D2? Because they coded it for tournament players. They coded it with four different ways to score. Star Wars is not about scoring. And, And I've said this on my Facebook Lives and I'll say it again. These games, these games all miss the mark when the coder is coding the game for tournament players. These games need to be coded for moments for magical moments that bring the theme to life. Guess what's not happening when you're watching an episode of The Mandalorian? There's not score racking up. You're not multiplying scenes together. You're not stacking scenes together. You want to feel like you're experiencing the joy of the show, the thrills of the show. And for tournament players, they don't care about pinball magical moments. They don't care about the thrills of what a mech can do. They don't like stuff like that. They don't want force grab magnets that create random gameplay elements. They don't like any of that stuff. A tournament player, and if you code for tournament players, all they care about is the pathway to a high score. And it removes all the joy of the game. It removes all of the journey of the adventure. And that is why, if you ask me, The biggest thing I fear in all new pinball machines is that Stern and other manufacturers, they have too many tournament players consulting them on the way a game should be developed. And it's more about magical pinball moments. And the best pinball games on the planet, the true masterpieces, are not games that are confusing, mathematical equations you have to figure out to get to high score. They are games that give you an amazing experience. You know, when I think about Guns N' Roses and people trying to figure out how to boost their score, you're missing the point of Guns N' Roses. What if Guns N' Roses, what if the point of Guns N' Roses is just to enjoy it and enjoy the experience and to feel the sensation like you're at a rock and roll concert? And when I play GNR, I don't care what my score is. When I play Super Mario Brothers, I don't care what my score is. When I play Street Fighter, I don't care what my score is. What if we start to think about pinball a little bit differently? And what if your score was just based on how far you got into the journey, not how much you got your multiplier up? So that's my big thing, is I just want this game 
to bring what I love and you love about the Mandalorian to life in a physical way, in an audio way, and in a visual way, and in an environmental way, right? I want to see that world under the glass. And if they can do that, and if they can capture why the people love that show, I mean, think about that for a minute. If they can capture why we love this show, then I will consider this game a home run. And if playing it is magical, and if shooting it is magical, then this game could be a stern masterpiece. And I've said it, and I'll say it again. We should be rooting for games to become pinball masterpieces. But I'm going to end this podcast by saying the problem with this hobby and the problem with this community and all of you have nobody to blame but yourselves is I'm staring at the Pinside Top 100 Games of All Time. Of all time. The Top 100 Games of All Time. And probably the most uninspired, the most uncreative game I've seen in in years. A game that has basically nothing in it. And this just goes to show how the tournament players and the tournament mentality of flow over everything else has overrun magic. It, It really is. It's at the other end of magic. The fact that Led Zeppelin is now the number one ranked game on Pinside, the number one game of all time, the top 100, with 186 rating. Led Zeppelin Pinball is now the number one pinball machine of all time. If you could do me a favor, and I mean this, play this game first. I don't want you guys to go in there and just rate this game without playing it, but this is a travesty that we are ranking Led Zeppelin over Medieval Madness, over Guns N' Roses, over Attack from Mars, over Monster Bash, over Jurassic Park, over Deadpool, over Avira, over Lord of the Rings. I mean, come on, really? The number one game is Led Zeppelin? You know, when you root for this stuff, when you, when you cheerlead this stuff, and I know this happens with every new game because the new buyers are the only ones giving reviews and no one else has played it, for Led Zeppelin to have an 8.898 rating, get out of town. Get out of town. Everybody, it's going to be an exciting day tomorrow. I love it when we have new pinball machines. I've already warned Brenda. I'm probably going to be a bad husband and a bad father this week because whenever there's new pinball, we have to do multiple shows. We're going to do another show tomorrow. And here's the thing. I want to tell you guys, for those of you out there, I'm going to try I'm going to try my best to do a Facebook Live during Stern's webinar tomorrow, okay? I will do a Facebook Live during Stern's webinar. I think it's 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I might be able to do one earlier. And what we're going to try to do is this. We're going to try to listen in on Stern's webinar as it's happening and join my Facebook Live. If you're not a fan of Canada's Pinball Podcast on Facebook, what are you doing by now? You are missing on so many exclusive items. You're missing our Facebook Live moments that are super fun. I think you'll love hanging out on live. It's awesome. For those of you who do it, you know how much fun it is. Everybody who listens to Canada's Pinball Podcast, all of you who have been fans of the show for all these years, you know, now that I've given back to so many of you, all the news, rumors, and speculations you want, you know you can give a little bit back to Canada's Pinball Podcast. And if you could, please go to Canada Pinball Podcast Patreon page and show a little love to your favorite pinball podcaster that for many of you out there, for many of you out there who listen to me on Guns N' Roses, who listen to me on Mandalorian, you now got thousands of dollars extra simply because of Canada. So you know you can spare a few bucks. You all donate to Pinside. How about you donate to Canada? We'll talk to you soon. Later. Yeah, you can buy me a boat.